Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino welcomes you back with safety as our top priority. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back, and feast on a variety of delectable dining options. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Time for Horse Racing Northwest. Joe Withy and Carl Vince Brune hosting as Emerald Downs opening day for 2020 just around the corner. Vince, we are really getting close. Getting close. Uh, entries for Wednesday, June 24th will be taken tomorrow, and entries for Thursday, June 25th will be taken Saturday, so that'll really make it official. Yep, entry days are Friday and Saturday for Wednesday and Thursday. Racing at Emerald Downs next Wednesday, June 24th, opening day, 2.15 p.m. post. And we're going to race at 5 p.m. on Thursday. So 2.15 Wednesday, 5 p.m. Thursday, live racing at Emerald Downs, season number 25, just around the corner. we got a lot to talk about today, Vince. Uh, Go over a couple of news items. Uh, If you are an owner and want to attend and watch your horse run, uh, you need to call Jan Bays at the race office to inform her of your attendance. So owners are going to be allowed to come in and watch their horses run. Uh, they are required to leave after their particular race is over. But uh, some even uh, outstanding news just today, Vince. The fifth floor at Emerald Downs is going to be open in a week, Friday, June 26th, we're going to have the fifth floor open for simulcasting. How about that? Great news. I miss a lot of the regulars from yeah. we've seen over the years up there. So, yeah, we're we're inching back here, Joe. So we're about, uh, that's another big step as we, uh, as we try to rally here towards the end of 2020. That's right. So, uh, yeah, you can come in and enjoy simulcasting. A uh, half hour before the first simulcast race will be open, and we stay open 10 minutes after the final simulcast race. Now, it's going to be Wednesday through Sunday, the fifth floor open at Emerald Downs, beginning Friday, June 26th. Some great news Wednesday through Sunday simulcasting. Uh, If you are in the simulcast area, uh, you can't wander out and watch the horse run live. You need to watch from inside the building. 
which of course is uh, very easy to do either on a monitor or through the windows. And again, owners uh, can attend outside and do their social distancing. So uh, that's the good news. Emerald Downs working back toward having people at the track in, in uh, restricted ways, but it's all good. We're going to have a 15% Superfecta takeout, just 15% takeout on Superfectas. And Vince, uh, we're looking at some great field size uh, going two days a week here in the first several weeks. I think so. Uh, uh, horses are ready to run. A lot of them have been ready to run for quite a while here, just looking at the work tab. So, uh, yes, sir. A lot of owners, thank, good, thank goodness for them, are uh, looking at trying to get some money back going the other way. And I understand that. So I think we will have some nice field size. Okay. And Vince in charge of the Emerald Racing Club, which has, uh, I believe, three horses here at Emerald Downs. We've got three that are ready to go, too. I don't think we'll have anything opening day, but... Yeah, they're all ready for action. That's outstanding. Hey, uh, I got a check in the mail this week, um, and the fella actually, he owed me 60 bucks since 1987. But uh, <laughs> uh, And, uh, you know, it said Java Gold on the uh, little check line entry thing there. And uh, so I know I was high on Java Gold in the summer of 87. He did win the Travers. Um, I'm looking back. I just checked him out online. He, he won the Whitney as well. So I'm not figuring if this individual borrowed 60 to bet on Java Gold along with me, uh, it looks like he should have won the bet. Although, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe the Equibase back in 87 doesn't show when you run fourth or worse, even in a stake. So, okay. All right. Anyway, I got the 60 bucks back after 33 years. I think you knew the guy a little bit, too. Uh, yeah, I think you, I, I would call him back, Joe, and say, that's nice to get the money, but we should adjust the check for inflation a little oh, bit. Oh, boy. I could be rich. Okay. So, there's that. And uh, also... Again, the Northern Quest Casino in Spokane, and more importantly here for us locally, the Muckleshoot Casino up on the hill is going to be open for simulcasting this Saturday, Belmont Stakes Saturday. Muckleshoot Casino open for simulcast wagering this Saturday, and daily racing forms are available on Friday for Saturday, and, and uh, your usual outlet that holds or carries the racing form, they're going to have newspapers and, of course, so many people are betting online, getting their information that way, which is uh, certainly an option. But uh, the Muckleshoot and the Northern Quest casinos are open for simulcasting this weekend. And, again, Emerald Downs opening uh, Friday, June 26th. So that is some great news as well. And uh, we're going to talk a little Belmont Stakes action. It is Belmont Stakes Saturday coming up on the 20th, a couple days from now. Um, but a uh, little bit more news on Emerald Downs jockeys as uh, they jockey for position to see who will be leading rider this year. And Vince, you have some information there. I do. Uh, just uh, looking at the potential jockey colony for this year, I guess we'll start with Gary Wales, who won his first title here last year. Had a pretty successful winter spring at Tampa Bay Downs. He's the defending champ. He's back as of a few days ago. One of the interesting newcomers, Joe, uh, Alex Cruz, who was leading the standings down at Turf Paradise before the shutdown in mid-March. He had a 75 wins down there. He's going to be riding here for the first mm -hmm. time. 
understand he's a 27-year-old native of Puerto Rico, so he'll figures to get quite a bit of business. Uh, Juan Gutierrez, uh, our second leading rider all time, 46 wins away from Galen Mitchell's 1,419 uh, all-time record wins at Emerald Down. So Juan back for another year. Javier Matias, one of the all-time leading riders here, is back. Eddie Martinez, who had a pretty good debut at Emerald Downs, has been getting on a lot of horses. Jose Zanino, always in the top 10 around these parts. He uh, will be back. Lorenzo Lopez had a pretty good year last year. Jennifer Whitaker, nine wins away from 500 at Emerald Downs. Mm-hmm. Getting on a lot of horses, as usual, for Howard Belvoir. Alex Anaya, I believe, did he get a stakes win late last year here, Joe? He did. Didn't he win on uh, uh, Jack McCartney's horse? Unmatchable. So, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, he's back. Uh, Matt Haggerty, James Wooten, um, rode here many years ago. He's been getting on some of your horses, right, Joe, yeah, in the morning? Yeah, he's been getting on a lot of horses for Steve Bullock, and he's going to ride a few. Um, Francisco Diaz-Lopez, Matt Haggerty, they've been around here uh, several years. Connie Dahl, who goes back to what, 1976, 76, um, she's back. Um, Serapio Figueroa, who rode here a few years ago. I see he's been riding at Grant's Pass, mm-hmm. but I understand he could be riding here too. Yep, Keith Grubbin's going to be his agent. Yeah, and uh, well, you just informed me, Alex Cruz's girlfriend, Nicole, is it Disdeer? Dizier. 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 Yeah. Um, she's been getting on horses, and she plans to ride, and she does have 32 career wins, I looked up, so she'll probably get some action. So that's that's the most of them right there, yep, Joe. that is. And, uh, you know, we're going to have plenty, uh, uh, maybe just a couple less than last year, but it's filled out nicely, and uh, if, you're, if we're going to have a few 12-horse fields, I would predict, and we'll have those jockeys to cover all mounts and so so many of them have been here for weeks now as well yeah and and um it's it's hard to get a jockey colony really going when you're only going to be right right in two days a week so it's actually turning out to be pretty darn good i think considering everything yep okay so emerald downs jockeys getting ready for opening day as well the horses have been in training so many of them since early february we're going to have two-year-old racing right off the bat and just look for some good cards next week. Wednesday, 2.15, opening day at Emerald Downs. Joe Withy and Vince Brune here on Horse Racing Northwest. Hey, the big A, Anthony Stabil, of course, was a regular on the Win Play show for so many years, since 2004. He's, he's actually selected five of the last ten Belmont Stakes winners with a couple of good prices in there, too, like Creator, for sure. And uh, Anthony... Uh, outstanding knowledge of horse racing, and he's got that opinionated angle to him, which just really, he gets convicted. Uh, You can hear him on HRRN, Horse Racing Radio Network. Uh, You can hear him live on your computer, or you can uh, listen to the podcast. He's on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, Thursday night, there's a call-in show, and actually Thursday afternoon and Friday afternoon, the stakes preview. So the big A, we had to get him on Belmont Stakes Week, Vince. I mean, he's been legendary. You bet. And I'm still getting used to the Belmont Stakes at a mile and an eighth. Yeah. But it's a different year this year, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and and you know, uh, Tis the Law is going to be a very strong favorite at post time. Um, but there are some good three-year-olds in that race. Boy, if I was an owner of several of those, I'd be really, really excited about the prospects of my three- or four-time starting three-year-old as they go to the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. But we caught up with Anthony Stabil on Tuesday before the draw, but what he says applies. So let's hear from the Big A. 
Anthony, good morning, and thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. My pleasure, Joe. You know, I, if I ever need a PR guy, I'm going to hire you. That's number one. Uh, it's been five of the last ten, though, unfortunately. We've had a couple of blips al- along the way. We missed a triple crown winner or two along the way. Um, but, yeah, been doing the show since 2004. Certainly a different Belmont Stakes this year. A mile and an eighth. First time it'll be the first leg of the triple crown. Uh, 75 years since they moved the Derby from the first Saturday in May, so it's just a different kind of year. I'll say this, though. Very, very excited about the fact that during the entire pandemic, we've been the only sport going. There's been a thoroughbred race card run every single day throughout the pandemic, and I'm, I couldn't be proud. We, over at the Horse Racing Radio Network, we haven't missed a day. Anthony, let's face it, tis the law. Four for five lifetime, two for two this year. He is going to be a huge favorite on Saturday and the Belmont Stakes, and uh, this isn't really a great handicapping race this year. No, it's, you know, I, I, I feel like it's as, it's as easy as can be to try to get this number home. So uh, as we talk about this a little bit earlier in the week, Modernist was on the fence, and it looks like Belmont is leaning toward the one Marty Guagat running this horse in the Belmont Stakes. Uh, I don't think Grizzle Law is going to get beat. He's got enough tactical speed to sit behind a horse like Tappet to win and just go get him whenever he really wants. And I think Modernist will, will, will close, out, close out a pretty cold exacta. Uh, I think Modernist might get lost in the shuffle wagering-wise. This is a horse that Bill Mott's been high on from day one and kind of talked to me about this earlier in the year on Red Brand Radio on HRN and said, you know, the different bit of a schedule this year might actually – help a horse like him thrive. You know, he gets a little time between the races now, and uh, I think if my, if my math's right, he's going to be making his first start in 90 days. Um, you got a lot of weird, weird uh, horses, uh, not horses, but a, we- a lot of weird scenarios, right? you got Solde Belante coming back in 10 days, Tapa to win coming back in 16 days, and then the other side of the spectrum, you have a horse like Tis the Law, the one in 12 weeks, um, this horse has a run of 13 weeks, 90 days, modernist. You have horses like Max Player, Linda Rice, Joel Rosario, of course, one on Tonalist and one last year with uh, Sir Winston. He has a run of 139 days come Saturday. The big thing this year, folks, and this is what I would think about Joe handicapping this race, almost all of these horses are going to be coming in off of two-turn races. Uh, Tappet to win did not. He won at Belmont just 16 days ago, so that's going to be a one-turn race, uh, as well as the mile race at Gulfstream for Soleil Volante. But a lot of these horses are coming in off two turns, and while a horse like Tis the Law won the Champagne at Belmont going a one-turn mile, you know, a lot of these horses are coming from two turns back to the one turn. And if you think about it in this from this perspective, that's a five-eighths of a mile straight run from the back of the chute until they hit a turn. These horses will, in all likelihood, will never be asked to do this again. And it's, it's, it's a grueling trip. It's a grind. That's a five-eighths of a mile straight run. So um, it's a little bit of a different configuration than any horses, most of these horses anyway, uh, I've ever seen. Hey, we've been threatening this for a few years. Uh, Anthony, with his intelligence and his opinions, are just so valuable in horse racing. And... Uh, New York has just a fantastic colony of jockeys. We were, we're going to get some uh, couple sentences on several jockeys here from Anthony and his impressions. So let's start with the Rad Ortiz, who's really kind of moved to the top of the list nationally. Let's start with him. Uh, what do you think of 
I Ortiz. I think uh, when it comes to a ride, it's very hard to argue that he's not the best jockey in the country, if not the land right now. He rides for a lot of different trainers, has a big, big uh, bullet in the, in the chamber in Chad Brown, of course. I think he's realized that riding a race is riding a race. I'm not a big believer in, oh, dirt and turf rider. He saves ground early. He swings out late. For the most part, that's the bread and butter of the jockey business. And he does it better than anyone. He's aggressive. He's got a good left-handed stick. Uh, and he has a desire to win that I have not seen in a very long time. He reminds me a lot in that aspect of Jerry Bailey. Very good. And his brother, Jose Ortiz. Probably a little bit better on the front end. I, you know, I think at one point a lot of people thought Jose was probably better than Arad. I'm not somebody to, that ever did. Um, I do think he's better on the front end than his, than his uh, big brother. Uh, Jose's a year and a half younger, I believe. Uh, Jose's really good on the front end. He's good at getting, the, uh, getting horses to relax. He's good at getting horses to be able to dole out their speed. I think he has a little more confidence when he's on the front end as well, which makes a lot of sense because when you're good at something, you do have a, uh, you, sh- you should have, anyway, uh, a lot more confidence. You know, sometimes I do think he can misjudge a pace from when he's off the pace, but as far as being on the front end, I, I you know, Joel Rosario, Kendrick Carmouche, and, and Jose Ortiz, those are the three guys I would want on the front end, maybe a little Ricardo Santana Jr. sprinkled in. Good to know. Joel Rosario, who fits right at the top nationally. Yeah, well, he's my favorite rider going in right now. When the when everybody's head is on a proper swivel, you know, jockeys are like any other athlete. They have their good days and their bad days. Uh, I think Joel uh, takes a lot of heat for some of his bad days. When Joel is having a good day, I don't think there's anybody better. And I think when they're all at their best, I don't think Arado Tease Jr.'s best is is as good as Joel Rosario's best. For my money, I feel like when I'm betting my money on Joel Rosario, I'm getting my money in the middle with the best in the business. Okay. Luis Saez. Luis is the... He is the quintessential journeyman. He will ride a 5,002 life claimer uh, down in South Florida in the middle of the winter at Gulfstream Park the same way he'll ride... Uh, grade one horses in the summer of Saratoga. And that's really all you can ask. I say this to my buddy Phil, who I'm sitting with right now all the time. When they all, when all, when this crop retires, Louis Saez is going to make a lot of money gambling on horses because he's always in the right place. He always knows what part of the racetrack's good. He always, he follows the biases and he, more importantly, he takes advantage and is aggressive when he needs to be. He'll steal more races on the front end than any high-profile rider in the game right now. Excellent info there. And Javier Castellano. Javier, probably on the other side of the mountain now. Um, you know, he is still a top rider. You still see uh, glimpses of his brilliance. You know, but he's stuff all the time starting to tap him on the shoulder a little bit. And maybe say, uh, you know, uh, you're not as young as springtime anymore. Maybe, uh, I don't know how much, how many more years Javi would want to ride. Look, again, when the money's down, he's still there. And I think you see that, Joe. He's starting to be a little bit more selective. You know, has his main guys, Chad Brown. He writes a lot of the Clara horses for Chad Brown. 
uh, you know, still in the Todd Fletcher barn, of course. He, uh, you know, his agent, John Panagat, is doing a very good job. John also has a relationship with Bob LaPenta, so he rides a lot of the LaPenta horses. He has the right connections, and, you know, Javier is still, uh, still one of the go-to guys for sure in this country. Okay, and speaking of Todd Fletcher, the highly accomplished John Velasquez. When all said and done, we're going to make top fives and top ten lists. I don't know how Johnny is not on everybody's top ten list. Um, I'm a little biased. I literally have seen him since day one. The first horse he rode in America when he came over from Puerto Rico uh, by way of Angel and the late Marjorie Cordero's tutelage was for my dad, a New York bred maiden named Rockville Center back in the winter of 1990 at the Big A at Aqueduct. So I've been watching Johnny literally day in and day out for 30 years. Um... I am a very big believer in patience sometimes. And Johnny is as patient a rider as can be. Johnny also realizes that sometimes if you have the best horse, it's better to lose ground than it is to try to save ground and get bottled up. And probably the best thing you could say about Johnny, and really any rider at the end of the day, Joe, he does not lose a lot of photo finishes. You can't remember a big one he gets beaten because he's such a strong finisher still to this day. And he's had a couple of, you know, he's had a couple of serious injuries that kept him away for prolonged amounts of time. The spleen injury on Breeders' Cup Day back in 2013 that cost him a mount on Palace Malice. Um, a few other times where he's missed three, four, five, six months. Uh, but, again, day in and day out, as strong as they come. And I want to bet on a guy like him who very, very rarely loses those dogfights in a lane. Yeah, that's huge. Of course, yeah. Okay, how about uh, Tis the Laws rider and winner of the Belmont Fall Meet, Manny Franco? The leading rider on the Naira circuit the last two years. He has been on my Eclipse ballot the last two years. Mm. Now, he's been third behind the Rod Ortiz and Joel Rosario this year and the Rod Ortiz and Jose Ortiz two years ago. Nevertheless, he's third. And maybe that's my East Coast bias coming out. You can't be the leading rider on the Naira circuit and win over 225 races. That's a race a day on the Naira circuit. We run about 225 days here in New York. He averages a race a day. He's doing it all here in the Big Apple against the toughest column. I mean, listen to the guys you just mentioned. We're bringing up Manny Franco. He's seventh or eighth on that totem pole right now. I'll tell you what. Him, Erod, and Jose all grew up together in Puerto Rico, all went to the same riding school. They're still great friends here in the States. They're the future. When all said and done, I would not be surprised if Manny leads that pack. I am a big, big, big Manny Franco fan. There used to be a debate between the New York and the California colony. I would take these guys up against and the, the, the seventh guy in New York is better than the top guy in California. Hey, thanks for being part of uh, Horse Racing Northwest. Have a great Belmont Stakes week and day back there. You got it, Joe. One more quick one, Alexandra and the Jiper. Okay, I like it. A tout. appreciate that, and uh, hey, we'll talk to you soon down the road. You got it, Joe. Good luck, everyone. The Big A, Anthony Stabil, of course, with Tis the Law and Modernist. That's his cold exacta, so... Uh, he is a big Billy Mott fan, one modernist, one of many below tis the law on the morning line that uh, very promising three-year-olds. And you heard uh, Anthony at the end there toss in Alexandra. She is uh, 
Seven to two in the Jiper, six furlongs on the turf. She's in against the boys, and she has a really good record traveling around, running in turf sprints. So he likes Alexandra in the Jiper, which is the ninth race, one race before the Belmont Stakes, which goes when, Vince? Well, the NBC is going to cover the race from 11.45 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay. On, uh, on Saturday. They also have Royal Ascot coverage early in the morning, which is kind of cool. Um, but they'll have a full blanket of coverage of the 152nd Belmont Stakes. So. Either on NBC Sports Northwest or NBC Sports. NBC Sports and NBC, right. yeah. The actual race will be on NBC. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so Max, excuse me, uh, Tis the Law is 6 to 5 morning line, but uh, in handicap in this race, Sol Volante is 4 for 6 lifetime, is a graded stakes winner around two turns at Tampa. He's coming back in 10 days, as Anthony pointed out. Max Player, a very promising three-year-old by honor code, trained by Linda Rice. Uh, he's won two of three starts and was second in the other. Modernist, as outlined by Anthony, you got four left. I heard Ken Rudolph on TVG. He loves that horse. He's got four wire-to-wire victories and looks like an improved three-year-old. Uh, he's got good speed. Dr. Post by Quality Road, two straight wins, including his only two-turn race down at Gulfstream in April. And Pneumatic is a son of Uncle Mo out of a tap at Mare. Just ran a good third to Maxfield and New York traffic in the Matt win at Churchill about a month ago. So Tis the Law's got some competition. And again, uh, I think there's some really promising horses in there. Of course, Tis the Law. Um, um, I'm just going to go, no, I was going to say I'm going to pick Tis the Law as my handicap horse today. You think I would have done that? No. You I'm know, not picking a six to five. He is a deserved favorite yeah, watching his races. He is, he's the real deal. And he's got connections that have been through the Triple Crown War before with uh, Funny Side. And that's an angle I, I kind of like where you've, you know the routine and the big races. Uh, you've done it before, and you yeah. know how to bring a horse up to a race like that. Barkley so, tag, Barkley tag, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not going to pick anything either because I'd probably just go to the favorite. But I, I, a race like that, Joe, you don't even have to get involved to enjoy it. Just as a pure, you know, spectacle and as a big race, as a race fan. Manny Franco's got a good mount there. Tis the law, the strong favorite in Saturday's Belmont Stakes. All right, let's take a time out. We're going to come back with the gas man, Mike Gastineau, here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in a state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Anthony, the Big Ace to Bill, talking Belmont Stakes, which is, of course, Saturday in 2020, this Saturday on June 20th. 
and a little more Belmont flavor of sorts with our special guest, Mike, the gas man, Gastineau. Gas, good morning, good afternoon, good to have you on. Good day, yeah, Joe, great to hear your voice and uh, and excited to you know, it's all different, obviously, and we'll always know it's all different. But you know what? It's the Belmont, and we'll, we'll, we'll do the Triple Crown backwards. Yeah, this year. exactly. And uh, we're going to get to it in a moment. Uh, Mike was part of a real special Belmont-type connection at Emerald Downs going back 17 years. We'll get to that. But we, uh, what you been up to, man? What you been up to lately? I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm a full-time writer now. I'm the only guy, you know, there were all these guys out there who left the, the very hard world of writing to join the easy world of broadcasting. Yeah. And there's one guy who said, oh, I'm going to leave the easy world of broadcasting and go to the hard world of writing. And that was me. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm working on a book on the 1991 uh, Washington Husky football team that won the national championship. And that's about a year out, and I'm working on a uh, actually an, uh, an adaptation of, of, of a movie script for a, a book I released last year called Mr. Townsend and the Polish Prince, and we're trying to get that made into a movie. So that's uh, that's taking up a lot of my time. I guess. And is this your third book? I mean, you can. I, I guess it's kind of my fifth. I did the book fifth. with Art and Steve Arteo mm-hmm. and Steve Rudman, the Great Book of Seattle Sports List. And I did the soccer book, Sounders FC, Authentic Masterpiece. I worked with a guy up here on a biography uh, called Stephen Trafton. And that book's called At the Edge. Uh, Mr. Townsend and the Polish Prince had before, and yeah, I guess yeah. this is five now coming out. So. Fantastic. You are an official writer. You're How about official. that? Yeah. Uh, Mike, the gas man, Gastineau, you know the voice very well with all those great years at Emerald Downs. And, of course, uh, he covered so many big events here at the track, uh, our major stakes for uh, a lot of years. I know you enjoyed doing that, too. Oh, I, I loved it. I absolutely uh, loved doing the, you know, because for a while we were just doing the mile, and then I think I came to you and said, let's do let's yeah. four or five races that lead into the mile, so we developed some storylines, because that's the whole point of telling a story, is kind of knowing what's coming, and uh, and we really, I just had a great time, I think we did it for, I don't know, 12 or, yeah. or so, and anyway, it was a great time, I really loved it. Oh, we loved having you too, and uh you had the great box there, Ron Crockett's box, right yeah. above the uh, winner's circle, and uh, brought your guests down to you. Uh, that was uh, that was some really good times. And another really good time, uh, speaking of the Belmont Stakes, made me think of Mike, because uh, what's the most famous Belmont Stakes in race history? Well, I think it would be a landslide if there was a vote. It would be the 1973 running with Secretariat winning the Triple Crown first triple crown winner in 25 years and not only that he set a world record on dirt that day that it still lasts and nobody's come close to it and uh, you were pretty young at the time of secretary winning the belmont but you do remember it i i was 13 and i I remember it very clearly and my dad was a big horse racing fan and we just you know we watched the derby and you didn't know at the time i mean the insiders knew that hey this horse is pretty special but most of us didn't know and he had a cool name and Mm-hmm. Blue and white checked, you know the the oh, yeah. the, the logo, and it's just like it, it kind of stood out a little bit, and uh, and then when he wins the Preakness, and and you know I'm 13 at the time, and my and my dad was like not in a negative way, he was saying, well he's not going to win the Triple Crown, he mm-hmm. was horses just can't win the Triple Crown anymore. Because my dad, you know, could remember the last time, but it had been a quarter of a century, it had been a long time, and there yeah. was a belief that you know no horse can handle this grueling pace, and then the, you know the Belmont he just delivered you know a day for the ages, and and. 
it was uh, it was an exciting time it was you know it was not unlike now to a certain extent uh, you, you know the 73 we were we were fractured as a country you know vietnam is Mm. Is still raging. Watergate is cranked up. There's a lot of despair within the American experience in '73, and this horse, you know, did the the thing that sports can do at its very best. It really united everybody. Everybody was rooting for this horse, and 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 that's one of the reasons he became such a cultural phenomenon at a time when we were kind of split on a lot of issues. You know, we could, we could rally around this guy. Here was a good story and a and a, and a feel good story and a, and a dominant athlete. Oh my gosh, and you know, it's amazing. It's uh. Um, well, it's how many, uh, 27, 47 years now. Yeah. And, uh, he still holds the record for the Derby Preakness and Belmont time-wise. And so many records, of, oh, records are broken every week somewhere at some track. And he still holds all of them, which is a tribute to his greatness. And, uh, around 2003, Gas hosted an event at Emerald Downs commemorating the 30th anniversary of Secretariat's Belmont, and that was one special day in this track's history, Mike. You know, it was, uh, I think people who are listening would remember the name Susie Sauerwein, and Susie was uh, marketing director, VP of marketing for Emerald Downs for years, and this was something that I, I learned from this, because I learned, don't ever say anything to Susie that she might think's a good idea. Because I'm just kind of like sitting around her one night thinking, yeah, wouldn't it be fun to do something for Secretariat for the 30th anniversary? Next thing I know, she's on the phone. She's got Bill Mack coming here, the author and the guy who wrote the book that the movie was based on. She's got uh, Penny Chenery coming, the, the woman who owned Secretariat and really built her farm around this great So I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I guess we're going to do this. And very naively, Joe, I remember driving out to the track that morning, and, and I was so excited to meet Penny and so excited to meet Bill Mack. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what if nobody else cares? What if nobody shows up and there's ten of us standing around this tent and it's awkward and I'm the idiot who came up with the you know, naively thinking that people wouldn't be into a day to celebrate Secretariat. And we got there, and as you know, it was a huge overflow crowd. And it's, it, it's, it's one of my life's favorite days. I mean, there is no question. Everything that happened that day I remember so clearly. And getting to talk with Penny and getting to talk with Bill, who both have, have left us now, yes. you know, it just was, it was such... A neat day, and I'll, I'll never forget. Real quick, I'll tell a story. We went up after sure. the ceremony. We went up and 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 had lunch uh, in the turf club, and uh, we ordered drinks. And it's like I don't know. It's still morning. It's like quarter <laughs> of twelve probably. And Penny orders a, a a Maker's Mark neat. So I order a Maker's Mark on the rocks, thinking, okay, I'm not sure I'm ready for neat yet. Maybe I'll have some help <laughs> with the ice. And the, the waiter comes, and he mixes up our order. He puts the ice down in front of Penny and the neat in front of me, and she goes, she goes, that is not my drink. And he switches them real quick, and she looks at him, and she goes, why would anybody ever water whiskey? <laughs> and I, it was just the funniest moment. I was like laughing and laughing. And here she was calling me out on my toughness. Just yep. a delightful woman and such a big part of the story. And that day is burned in my mind is one of my favorite all-time days i'm telling you i'm right there with you i uh i enjoyed every moment of it uh as you mentioned bill knack and penny tweedy in attendance bill knack the secretariat authority in print uh you had him on your show many times over the years bill was so generous with me and and you know one of my favorite things about that day is i gave bill a ride back into seattle mm. 
uh, he needed a ride back to his hotel, so we spent about 45 minutes, or, or maybe in the glory days of less traffic, 35 minutes, uh, wandering back into Seattle. And I'll never forget, I dropped him off at his hotel, and I'm, I, the whole time I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm having a conversation with this guy, because Bill was one of the, I, I think he was my, my favorite sports writer of, of my life. He mm-hmm. did, not just about Secretariat, he wrote great pieces about a lot of sports characters. And we pull away from the hotel, we're about a block away, and I look down, and he's left his cell phone in my car. So I got a circle back around and park going to the hotel and find him and give him his phone and it was uh so i mean i remember every little detail yeah. of that day that was fantastic debbie pabst one of our state's prominent breeders of course uh, she brought out a secretariat broodmare miss prestigious that's right. yeah that's right paraded her in the paddock and on the track she was a chestnut like her father so that was a nice touch as well but uh yeah and uh just a fantastic crowd attending, as Mike said. It turned out great. And uh, I don't know if you remember one of the faces that kind of got lost in the crowd there. Tom Skerritt was in attendance that day. Uh, he That's was, right. He was. He was right there. Uh, he heard about it, and uh, he was our honorary steward for the mile sometime after that. And he goes, yeah, I wasn't going to miss that. So Secretariat's popularity, prominence uh, affected so many of us. If you ask me one favorite horse of all time, he is it for me as well. So I was happy that day too, Mike. Yeah, I was thinking, I knew we were going to be talking. The only other horse that's come along, I've liked a lot of horses, but the only other horse that came along that kind of captured my imagination the way Secretary did was Zenyatta. Mm-hmm. And I think that classic was 2011 or 2012. And it, it, I, I, as awestruck as I am by watching Secretariat's old tapes, I watched that that. Zenyatta's winning the Breeders' Cup. I watch it all the time on YouTube because I, I still can't believe what she did at the top of the stretch to go from middle of the pack outside. And, and whoever was calling the race, I'm not sure who it was who called that race. Trevor. That Trevor Denman. Was it, was it yeah. Trevor? I thought uh-huh. it was. He, he and, you know, no surprise here, maybe the greatest to ever do it. Oh. He sees her cutting across those lanes and realizes something special is about to happen. I mean, he, he catches it right away that this comeback is going to begin. That's the only other horse that's come along in my life that I would say put on a performance that was equal to, in some ways, what Secretary did. What she did that day in the Breeders' Cup Classic is remarkable. Oh, Fant, you are 100% correct. I mean, people had tears in their eyes are all around the track that day. I wasn't there, unfortunately, but uh, she put they put her on the line. They ran her in the toughest race in the world. She was undefeated. They could have retired her. They could have run her in the distaff again, which she had won the year before, but they went and put it out on the line, and boy, did she come through. That was, uh, yeah, one tremendous day. And you, you mentioned YouTube just a minute ago. Uh, we do have a video on the Emerald Downs YouTube channel. Type in Emerald Downs Secretariat, and you can see a video recap of Secretariat's 30-year anniversary with testimonials from so many Washington people that knew and loved Secretariat. And, Mike, uh, you're part of that video as well. Thanks for that. Well, yeah, it, it's uh, that that's cool to know, and I... Uh... You, you, you know, as I said, this, and the story lives on to this day. And uh, you know, Secretary—it's been romanticized in books and movies and all that. But it is—it's interesting. You go back and look. And I always like not only the three track records, but he did something special at each place. At the Derby, I think he's still the only horse to run each quarter faster than the previous one. At the Preakness, he was—he's one of the few horses who's ever. I mean, he might be the only horse who ever passed the entire field on the turn. He was right. dead last going into the first turn and was in first place coming out of it. And the turns at Pimlico are tight. You're not supposed to pass there. And Turcotte just knew he had a special horse and, and did it. And then at the Belmont, the, the you know, the 30, 
31 or 32 length victory that's uh, you know still you, know, you watch it and poor old Sham. I mean any other year Sham might have been a triple crime contender himself, but uh, of course. I, I learned something about Sham too that um, when Sham died, they they did a uh, uh, they they studied him and found out his heart was twice the size of a normal racehorse heart, and I know Secretariat's was also had a big heart. Yeah. Here here are these these two horses that, that physically you know not not just oh he had a big heart no physically like they looked yeah. at it, and said wow this is bigger than a normal horse heart and they both had that so Sham was a look Secretariat needed somebody and and Sham for unfortunately for him. He was that somebody that Secretary would spar with. Mike, the gas man, Gastineau. So good to, to uh, hear your voice and talk about some very happy and uh, memorable times in Washington racing history. Secretary Day 03 here at Emerald Downs. And again, you can go to YouTube and find the video. Mike, uh, hope to see you soon. Uh, thanks so much for being part of Horse Racing Northwest. Joe, my pleasure. Thanks for the call. Anytime. Thank you, Mike. Horse Racing Northwest, Belmont Stakes theme, and of course, Emerald Downs opening next Wednesday, June 24th. First race, 2.15. Looking so much forward to that. And once again, the great news just uh, today that the Emerald Downs fifth floor will be open beginning Friday, June 26th. It's full card simulcasting. You can come into Emerald Downs. Uh, it's free admission as well. And uh, facial coverings are going to be required. But nonetheless, we're going to be open Wednesday through Sunday, the fifth floor. So great stuff there. Um, and uh, we'll continue on a little more Emerald Downs theme. How about uh, trivia? We do have a winner from last week. The question was, who is the only horse in track history at Emerald Downs to lead the meet in earn The only two-year-old to lead the meet in earnings. And Vince, uh, you were working down in California at this time, 1996, but you've read and uh, seen a lot about this horse that uh, is the answer. Name, yeah, name for Norm, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you bet. He was four for four, uh, owned by Bindi Sangara, trained by Ed Thompson. Chris Loseth came down to uh, ride him. He was four for four at our inaugural meeting, including a memorable Gottstein Futurity victory on closing day over Flying with Eagles. Four for four, all stakes. He was a really good son of jazzing around. Warren Wilson got the answer. He's got an Emerald Downs ball cap coming. Actually, a couple of correct answers. Warren won the draw. So that's last week's trivia winner. This week's question is uh, on a kind of a similar vein. Uh, who's the only filly or mare to lead an Emerald Downs meeting in earnings just one time in uh, 24 seasons as a filly or mare led the meet in earnings? Send your answers in to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. Vince, let's do some handicapping. Uh, we often look at second-time starters, and uh, No Slow Mo is a second-time starter at Santa Anita on Friday in the third race. He's by Uncle Mo out of Striking Scholar. He's Striker PhD's younger bro. Yeah, we talked about him after his debut where he went off at a big price, ran nicely through the lane, and galloped out superbly, I thought. And it was, it was a... Pretty darn good effort for a first out. Um, so I think you're kind of leaning that way. Also, last week, I think your horse scratched. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, my horse scratched, and your horse was a first-timer by Square Eddie, who did show a heck of a lot of speed. She got bet, or he or she got bet down. Yeah, real disappointing, because she had <laughs> the late, she put away the other speed, who ended up beating her. And um, she finished third and was uh, placed second via the DQ of the winner. 
Um, yeah, I was disappointed because usually when you can make the lead in one of those uh, four and a half furlong races down there, you're awful hard to catch. But she just hit the wall in the final eighth and uh, and didn't get there. So um, let's hope for better this week. Yeah, no slow mo is back on the grass at Santa Anita maiden race, third race on Friday. 8-1 to one morning line, uh, really ran on well. Now, he might not have a ton of speed, but uh, second out improvement, and he could show a little more uh, tactical speed than he did in his debut. It was a big field. He got shuffled back. So no slow-mo. Striker PhD's little bro in the third at Santa Anita Friday. How about you? I'm going to uh, Santa Anita on Saturday. Okay. Another, uh, keeping the theme with the maidens, this is a uh, maiden special weight for fillies and mares, three and up, five and a half furlongs on the turf. And I'm also landing on a second-time starter. Mm-hmm. This is number five, Sweet Sunny. Uh, she's eight to one on the morning line. A uh, couple angles here. Uh, second time out, and she did show some speed in her debut at 50 to one. And I don't see a whole lot of speed drawn inside of her unless the first-time starter, Rowan Goes Hollywood, has speed. So I think with a clean break, she has a chance to make the lead here at a price. Twirling Candy Joe is a really interesting sire to I me. I like him. You know, only and he only had 11 career starts as a race racehorse and was a graded winner on dirt, turf, and synthetic. Wow. Which is pretty awesome. And his progeny are the same. A great example would be Law Biden Citizen, our Long Acres Mile winner from last year, who, by the way, got his first win of 2020 last week, an allowance win, wire to wire. He is a graded winner on turf and then, of course, won the grade three Long Acres Mile on dirt. So twirling candies are runners, and they can perform well on any surface. So I think this one they paid a quarter of a million dollars for, and it shows the pattern I like, a little bit of speed in the debut. Barn, uh, Brian Corner, very good with second-time starters. So I think with a little bit of improvement here, has a chance to uh, score a price. Her name is Sweet Sunny. She's 8-1 to one morning line in the 4th at Santa Anita on Saturday. She's number 5, Sweet Sunny. Uh, trouble line shows broke a step slow. And by the way, she was in against the horses that are going to be the two favorites in the race as well. And uh, just showed some good matching ability and comes back in a little more than a month. So uh, nice angle there. The second time starter angle can be just so profitable at the mutual windows uh, and just get that improvement okay that's horse racing northwest for this week and by the way we're going to be back next tuesday to preview opening day and uh, opening thursday at emerald downs we'll be doing our next horse racing northwest next tuesday have a great weekend and we'll see you at the track Mucklesuit Casino welcomes you back with safety as our top priority. Mucklesuit Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back, and feast on a variety of delectable dining options. Mucklesuit Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures.